It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. How has the shopping been going for? Have you been shopping everything for the trip in town, or did you order stuff in advance? Um, just uh, little odds and ends that I order, like some uh, certain drinks, drink mix that you can't get in town that I uh, order online. Been we- uh, sorry, uh, been getting these little hydration drink packets with uh, uh, apple cider vinegar in them. That was a pretty good. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it's supposed to be really good for you. So yeah. a lot of sodium and whatever in there for you. We've kind of been collecting stuff for the last, I don't know, like six, seven months. <laughs> help? Yeah. Well, I'm trying to adjust this. We're, we're doing the podcast here in a vehicle. I think it might this come all the way out. Taking off. That's what I was kind of hoping to get this thing out. So it's hard to report a, record a podcast. Oh, there it is. Recording a podcast. Yeah, lean back more. When you can't see everybody. Makes it kind of weird. If you lean back more, we'll be able to get it. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. No, like, lean the seat back. Lots of room. (laughs) We'll get this. Oh, perfect. Hey. Good. Yeah. Are we recording now? Yeah, yeah. That's that's part (laughs) of it. Okay, good. Uh, So I've done podcasts. uh, One we did in the truck was just uh, the cell phone on the consoles. We're driving down, and we got down to the bottom of the hill. Actually, no, I listened to it. And it, I thought we had some good stuff in there, but we were just bouncing so much that it picked it all up, and it was uh, horrible. Um, They've done quite a bit of different ones, at least with yeah. me anyway. First one, I think, was at the lake. With, just set the phone down, and yeah, ooh, I was nervous. Yeah. Then I then I ended up caring a little bit more about it, and then uh, this Zoom set's a lot better. But uh, this is the third time that we've recorded in the middle of town. Yeah. We did the uh, recap on the tailgate. And then we did uh, In Your Truck to recap your hunt with Jake. And now we're uh, in wife's car. Yes. Podcasting. Not bad. No. No, got to get it done. A week from today, today's Wednesday, a week from today we will be a couple days into our hunt. Like halfway through. Like halfway through. But according to when this comes out on Tuesday, it'll be the day after. This comes out, so who knows? But I like to do. I like to have some sort of like concept of time. You know, when you record them too far in advance, it's like, well, five weeks ago, you know, this is the thing that happened. So I try to get as many podcasts done as quick as possible. And sometimes that means that you have to record in a parking lot at the airport. Yeah. But or four a.m. with uh, whoever. <laughs> yeah, so, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I've done some early early morning podcasts with people on the East Coast, and that's kind of tough because I I'm not, my brain's not thinking. I'm not processing yet, or I wake up and I have coffee, so the brain is just gone. It's just way too fast. I don't even know <laughs> what's going on. Um, yeah, but got to get it. Uh, got to get it done. Got to give the people what they want. That's right. Um, so going back to food, uh, we've been collecting stuff. We have a kind of a pantry that has a whole bunch of bars and stuff, and some mixes, and so putting some stuff together. Our uh, freeze dried meals are all going to be peak refuel for all yeah. of them or most of them. Yeah, I got one uh, pad thai that's not peak refuel, but yeah. it's hard to beat the calories in peak refuel. The other ones are not as many yeah. calories. Is it ba- back country, back country pantry, mm-hmm. backpackers pantry? Yeah, yeah, they're pretty decent, but they're only like we split one that was six hundred calories. Yeah, don't those take a little longer to cook too? Versus mm. uh, Mountain House or Peak? I, I noticed so. that with Peak, it seems like they use a lot less water. Um, yeah, very high in calories protein is pretty good whether or not it's a good protein i i don't know but body's hungry so you gotta <laughs> eat but don't look at anything else other than that because the sodium is yeah you need sodium right <laughs> yeah but not like five thousand milligrams per <laughs> serving yeah. rough <laughs> yeah so what's your your calorie breakdown like um what's your what do you kind of aim for for a hunt like this we're going to be gone for the week um what do you aim for calorie intake and then your weight to calorie ratio uh, well, I kind of break my own rule, but, um, yeah, so I, sh- I'm shooting for over a hundred calories an ounce and I'm shooting for around a, a daily 
try not to go over two pounds. That's including my, my breakfast and my dinner, which are the peak refuels because I'm doing the same thing as you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and for lunch, I'm doing a little salami and cheese sandwich. I went and got some uh, packet mm-hmm. of... Uh, packet of uh, mayo and mustard for every day for my sandwich and then i'm doing some ramen because it's probably gonna be cold up there um so i feel like ramen is one of those awesome things for a colder day sitting under the tarp or what have you Mm -hmm. um and if i'm just not that hungry i just won't eat probably the ramen so um save it but uh usually try not to go over two pounds that's for my daily food but i'll bring a lot of extras like this time i think i got some Sour Patch Kids, I got a package of gummy bears, you know, I've got some, uh, they're not the big three-pound packages. Mm, okay, not the haul road package? Yeah, not the haul road truck hunt package, but uh, these are the manageable, backpackable size, it's probably like 12 ounces or something, mm-hmm. but I don't just intend on, you know, me just eating them all, that's, <laughs> a, that's for everybody, yeah. so, but then I got like some unopened um, snack sticks. And I say unopened because a couple years ago I did the opened, uh, month in excitement, uh, got a little sick on a hunt and, um, yeah, so they're unopened. So a uh, little like snack stick packages, which is good. You know, it's protein, it's fat, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's real food. I don't want to just sit there and I probably could, you know, just gorge and do the protein bars just for the whole thing. But that just sounds terrible. Tired of bars, man. Yeah. Were those snack sticks homemade or were they uh, store-bought? Uh, they're uh, store-bought at Three Bears. They come at, there's like 14 little things mm-hmm. and 14 little sticks in a in a package. So, again, I don't plan on just eating that to myself. It's yeah. for the group. I just I just carry it. So Yeah. So you're at uh, how many calories per day? It's over 3,000. About 3,000. And is that including your snacks? Because we talked before, like, you're going to aim for... It was that, like about 3,000, but it didn't include your snacks. Like you're getting 3,000 yeah. 3, 3, per 000 meal. plus. So <laughs> extras. Yeah, and that depends on, um, so I'm doing peak refuel for, for, for this trip too, for breakfast and um, breakfast and dinner. Um, yeah. Some of those things, they have like 600 calories for the breakfast, and then some of them have like the like the B&G, they got 1,100. Yeah. Um, so it just kind of, the, the day will vary. Um, but uh, so just in my daily food bag i'll have over three thousand calories but that's with the breakfast and dinner in in there so um yeah i saw a guy post on facebook like his got calorie breakdown or whatnot is on one of those i don't know if it was like the great alaska hunting one or one of those that uh he had 1800 calories per day or something like that that sounds miserable. And I, I thought, whoa, that's a that's a weight loss plan. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, and that's just like regular day life. But I mean, if you're hiking mountains and you're only getting that, that's going to be that sounds crazy. like you're going to get hangry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't you can't drink enough water to stay hydrated on some of the hunts that were like this time of year going up in the Alpine here in Southeast. Like you just there's so much water that you go through because you're sweating. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then obviously food is really important too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I just have the uh, the the daily food, but I also like to snack and munch. So it's so it's having just like a little pick me up. <laughs> oh yeah, we're gonna we're high, you know, just pop yeah. in a couple sour patch kids. We're stopping, taking a break, have a little peak yeah. brownie bites or cookie yeah. bites, which I haven't tried yet. So. I feel like I gain weight when I hunt with you. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> you ha- food Whoa. is great because it's always a pick me up. I mean, because yeah. you're always so hungry, and yeah. it's like I will pack it. I. I mean, we'll get to the top of the mountain like last year and set up the Red Cliff, and then we'll just pound a bag of Fritos or whatever yeah. just for fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I th- I think, and we've talked about this a little bit before, I think the there's definitely something to be said for the minimalist, mm-hmm. you know, going hard and, you know, being as, as light as possible. But there's also the enjoyment element is mm-hmm. so, so important, too. If your goal is to get, you know, 20 miles back and you only have a certain amount of time, so you have to go fast – and you have to go super, super light. But I know finding that mix of I just really want to enjoy that. I'm taking some time off from work, mm-hmm. and I don't want to just be miserable. And I don't want to come back malnourished. You know, yeah. I want it to be fun. I want to hunt hard. I want to hunt well. But I want it to be really fun too. Yeah. And I haven't had anybody complain when I pulled out a big bag of Fritos or a bag <laughs> no. of jerky, Sour Patch Kids, any of that good stuff. So Not at all. There's normally like a smile like, oh, yeah, I'll have some of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's nice. I think the first time we went on the hunt was that bear hunt in the Alpine. Mm-hmm. And it was just, we were just going to hang out and scout a little bit. And so I brought, like, lunch and then a bar. 
and this guy's got just all kinds of stuff. And I thought that makes actually a lot of sense because you're just a day hunt, but you might as well bring a lot of stuff because you don't need a sleeping bag. You don't need a lot of the stuff that you would need for overnight, tent, whatnot. So you might as well just replace that with food and just have a great time making coffee yeah. or making tea or whatever. Yeah, got, got got lots of coffee for this trip. I got lots of drink mixes because I, I get kind of bored when uh, when you're just drinking just water yeah. after water i like to switch it up you know that's why i got some drink mixes some i got some caffeinated stuff in case we have a long day and we need to push mm-hmm. um but i also got a lot of coffee for each day um i mix it up with the uh, mount baker mochas or whatever from dark mm, timber good yeah mm. um pretty good um and then uh yeah just little odds and ends and snacks and stuff so I have not tried the peak uh, brownie bites and the cookie bites yet. Mm. I think it was pretty good. I think we had the brownies or something somewhere along there. I don't think you did. They're like little circular dehydrated uh, cookie bite balls. So we'll see. We got back from the goat hunt and almost immediately, I don't know if we were listening to a podcast or we started talking about something, but Abby just started gathering all the stuff, laying stuff out. Well, we had just been out hunting and I was like thinking up there about what I wanted to be eating. And Mm. so then we got back, I was like, all right. Which has been good because, like, we're leaving so soon. Like, we need to start thinking about these things. We can't just be throwing stuff in at the very end and then miss out on stuff. So, uh, would you have yours broken down as you were at 2,700 or so? I'm at about 3,000 3, calories a day. Okay. Probably about 12 pounds total. And it's before snacks, but... No, that's what... That's with snacks? Yeah. Okay. Everything? I think so. Nice. Yeah. I think I yeah. got 14 and a half pounds. Okay. But that's 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 everything. So after talking with you guys, I was like, because we just had a little coffee date there, and I was like, oh man, that is kind of a bit of food. I can take out some on the first day and some on the last day, but I'm mm-hmm. not taking out anything for the middle. Yeah. So that could bite me in the long run if we get stuck out there another day. But I'm like, okay, this is this is what I'm doing. Yeah. So. I think the at the base camp where we're first starting having. This, the bag we were talking about having stuff there, I think will be huge. That yeah. way it's like you kind of get through your stuff and that stuff's waiting for you. Um, that'll be nice. Yeah, but, uh, I agree. A little uh, pick-me-up, a little something to look forward to. I think that's a, I think that's a good idea. Um, we were, well, I was concerned about dragging up too much stuff, but looking back at it or looking at it now, I'm like, uh, I mean, yeah. comf- it, goes, it goes back to more food for comfort and stuff yeah. like that, so... It's not like an overwhelming amount of extra things. It's just. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. For anyone who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. I was hesitant about having to get a new phone and a new phone number, but with Mint, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone and your same phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or for a family, and at Mint, families start at two lines. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and to get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash waypoint. That is mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash waypoint. A little bit. Yeah. Um, as far as, man, I've been looking over that area so much and it's just so hard. You can have kind of a plan. And we want to get high and we want a glass and we want to move. But at the same time, you know, the old adage is to let your glass do the talking or talking, do the uh, glass do the walking. It's going to be so hard to be patient in that terrain because we're going to see something and then just, oh, let's go or we can do this or just that new territory. You just want to see the new territory mm-hmm. and all those folds and, hey, what's around this corner? So there's that temptation to just keep going, 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 going before you know it, like your smell is everywhere. But... 
you don't want to just get in one spot, stay married to that spot, and waste two days sitting, and then no. nothing's happening when you just needed to go. So it's going to be, like, who knows what's going to actually happen. In my head, I have both things happening. We go up to this first, like, little knob there, and we can glass there, and then, you know, just kind of move our way around throughout the days, and then, I, I don't know. We'll see how it actually happens, but... Yeah, should be cur- um, should should be pretty good. I mean, whether we go one route or the other, because I think the caribou are going to be moving. They don't migrate in this area, but I, well, at least that's what I'm told. All all this is based off of what I'm told, so, or what I've read. So, I mean, we could sit in one spot in glass, and finally, when one pops up in a decent enough area where we mm-hmm. can actually put a stock on one, then it's one of those things where we just get up and go but yeah, yeah. it's a, like relative migration too because like your 40 mile herd that's a migration the porcupine yeah. herd that's a massive migration so these ones that don't really have migration migration they're still moving based on time of year and whatnot it's just not yeah the i mean same is it kind of herd. rut for them i guess the rut happens more in october oh okay yeah, so. I think late september is when they're drinking piss yeah oh gross i <laughs> hope that doesn't affect the meat I've been told that the meat is really good, so I'm I'm just this is all new to me. So yeah. like we went up and we shot ours in early August off off the tundra there. So yeah, early August and it was they were young, so they they were real tasty, yeah. lean, real tasty. Very lean. Um, I have heard some of the big trophy ones that have come out of some of those further north. It was like someone was talking about it out of the Cotsbee one, about how some of the big ones just taste like gasoline or just taste like piss. But really. Yeah, but that's like later, later in the season, and so yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think a lot of that has to do with how you take care of your animal. Yeah, once yeah. you, I mean, that's that's huge, because mm-hmm. a lot of people say like, you know, when you shoot a ruddy buck down here, it just tastes like, it just tastes gamey. And I, mm-hmm. to be honest, I have not had one that to where it's been unbearable. It's, no, no, I, I've had one that you could taste that it was like an animal. Mm-hmm. Other times it's like super mild. Like the we had uh, sheep or uh, goat tenderloin last night, and it just tasted phenomenal. Nice. Like it wasn't wasn't gamey, wasn't meaty, wasn't you know wild. It wasn't. This is really good for what it is, and so you kind of like accept the fact that it doesn't taste perfect. But man, it was super super good. We're gonna have some goat steaks tonight. Oh, nice. Um, but yeah, just take care of the meat, and you know that solves a lot of the issues. And then if it isn't premium, then just Make sticks out of it or something else. Burger. Yeah. Cover it up in taco seasoning. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So what do you got, uh, as far as the hunt goes, what have you been thinking about? I'm just along for the ride. <laughs> I I feel like I have no idea what to expect um, in terms of, like, the terrain and hunting strategy. I mean, it's my first caribou hunt, first time really up there, so... Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited, but... I don't think I really even know what to expect. Yeah. yeah, it'll be new for us, too. Like, even though I've been out on a couple of hunts, it's just been different. It's been the caribou up uh, the Hall Road was crazy. The March snow machine, stinking cold, just looking for something, anything, just so we can go home. But, yeah, this will be a whole different thing, glassing through and looking through and just being alone out there is going to be pretty pretty sweet. But um, Abby's just a sharpshooter when it comes to glassing. Oh, like she picks up <laughs> stuff like she's it's it's gonna be we have some good eyes out there but um six of them yeah i'll have uh i'm gonna bring up my tripod so that i can mount my binos i'm not gonna bring the spotting scope but are you gonna bring a tripod to help glass if we do a lot of the glassing it can be kind of tough if you're not stable but yeah. handhold handhold binos Oh yeah. Yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you kind of tripod off your knees. Yeah. It's stable enough. Lean yeah. back. Next thing you know, you're taking a little nap. Yeah, just a little, <laughs> little snooze, little yeah. snack and a snooze. Oh yeah, yeah, that's good. There should be plenty of that. Uh, just gonna handhold, huh? Yeah. I mean, I gotta save that room for the food. So. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's right. Another two pounds of food. Two pounds of <laughs> tripod. Have you been looking at uh, ways to to judge? Like field judge, I mean, if obviously it's not just about all of that. You want a good representation, but also a good representation of the area. So um, have you been like sorting through photos to kind of look at, at like what's good? It's so overwhelming. You're looking at something. I, I've been looking at 
mountain goats, and I've been looking at deer. So when I see my first caribou that's got back scratchers the size of my goat, you know, it's going to be like, whoa, there's just a lot going on there. I can't tell the difference. So to kind of calm down and think, okay, this has these elements, this has this, this is a really nice bull. This is the one that you'd want to to use the tag on. Have you been looking at that? I have. Uh, I've been doing a lot of looking at photos, a lot of looking at photos. And then, uh, yeah, I've been sending you guys little Instagram photos. Like (laughs) this might be a contender. This might be a contender. (laughs) And then I get back, well, is this one a shooter and a different photo? Maybe, I don't know. Uh, I've been doing a little bit of reading, um, how to judge them. Cause like you, I've not seen a lot of caribou. Um, so learned a little bit, uh, about their, um, like the tops and how the main beam should be. I believe it's more like a C rather than like an L. Mm. So, um, usually when it's a C, it indicates that it's a decent animal has, um, and then they got the front beams that come out the front, which I guess are called the bez. And then you got your front shovel. So I've been, um, obviously going to keep reading until we get out there. And then, um, you know, if you get a front view on the animal, like should be wider than the actual body, uh, that yeah. indicates that it's a, usually a decent bowl. Um, so, um, yeah, just little, little things. And like when the animal, I've read somewhere that when the animal leans down to feed, I think the top main beam should be even with the back that kind of indicates that it's, which I don't know how that's deciphered, but yeah. it kind of indicates that it's another clue for a big bowl so it's just kind of one of those things we'll have to i'll have to pick back in my brain to remember that way i can when i'm looking at a caribou um kind of be like okay he's got this he's got this he's got this and right now i don't have any sort of um i don't have any sort of um uh what am i trying to say um i'm not looking for any big tops i'm not looking for back scratchers double none of that stuff like i just want when when I look at the bowl, I just want it to be like a wow factor. And yeah. Just, yeah. That's, mm. that's gotta be the one, but I also gotta be like, okay, if that's the first caribou we see, is this really a good one? Or am I just uh, really excited? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, hoping that it's an obvious, cause if it's, if it's marginal, I think, you know, it's tough, but it, it'd be nice if throughout the, the hunt, it goes from, okay, there's a caribou, there's our frame of reference, clearly not a shooter. Mm-hmm. And then kind of work your way from there. But if on day one you see something that's really nice, it's obviously bigger than anything we have done here because we have nothing and get really, really excited. We have so, pictures. Yeah. And then you, you take you take a picture of it, think about it, but then you don't see that one again. And all of a sudden it's, oh, man. Then it goes to the never pass on something the first day that you would shoot on the last day. But then, of course, you don't know. This is a, mm-hmm. a target-rich environment, A. And then, B, you know, they're not migrating, but they are constantly kind of moving. So they could be filling in and who knows, but at, uh, hopefully we can give you good advice, but I don't think I'm going to be giving much advice at all. It's going to be all you. Well, you can talk it over with yourself. Talk me off the cliff. If I'm trying to shoot a dink the first day, (laughs) yeah, Uh, hopefully I can, I I don't see that happening. happening (laughs) No. Well, if any, if anything is, is an indicator based on how we bear hunt, um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> big bear. Uh, I don't know yeah. if I'm going to shoot that one. That, those are really tough, though, one. because it's you don't have your frame of reference. And if you haven't seen one, it's the first first hunts of the year. It's out in the spring, and you can start, like, well, what do th- small legs look like? And what does that, that swagger-type walk look like? And, and it kind of looks like a swagger-type. And the blocky head, okay, the ears are kind of on the side, or they're on the side, or actually that is on the side, but you think it's not on the side, mm-hmm. you can talk your way around, whereas the... Maybe the caribou, especially in this area, um, it should be fairly obvious that okay, that's a, that's a special, that's a special one. And, um, Got some pictures to look back on, so it's so if we do see one, it's like okay, well, I mean, that's only pictures off of just yeah. the internet, so it's like okay, that's pretty good. But I'm not looking for any sort of number. I'm not looking for, for any number. So I mean, got that going for us. I'm just looking for a good caribou, so yeah. something that we can look back on and really appreciate so yeah yeah i'm really excited for the experience and the weather looks like it's might cooperate i'm assuming it's not going to totally but right now it looks like it's going to be cloudy maybe a little bit of sun but not windy blowy stormy rainy but i I 
I can't imagine that we won't see snow. I can't imagine that we won't get rained on at least a little bit. So I think if you go in expecting that stuff, then um, it'll be, it's better to be pleasantly surprised than mm-hmm. think it's just going to be beautiful, wonderful, not a big deal. Got to add but. some sort of adversity to this. I mean. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing too. Like you get the local forecast or the closest city there, that, that forecast based on, or, and then you, you go out somewhere and can be totally different elevations a little different you're up in this little different valley and everything can just be mountainous terrain around you yeah you could have fog setting in you know and we've had some friends that that's happened to them where they just got back from their sheep hunt and it was pretty foggy the entire time so it's yeah it's we have fog down here it'll just be different to be up there when you're not on top of a mountain and you can't really move it's like, you know that there's miles and miles and miles in this valley that you can't see or can't glass. It'd be almost more frustrating because you know something's out there. If yeah. you're on a mountain peak and it's a couple hundred yards in each direction, you get the feeling that you might not be missing anything, but you need to move somewhere. Whereas the fog up there, I mean, we could be, if we're fogged in, something could be walking 50 yards from us and we wouldn't even know. Yeah, wouldn't have a clue. It'd be different. Any of your up north experience kind of make you more i guess ready for uh for things you've been on cheap hunts you've, you've dealt with water and expanse and space and frame of reference and all those things or just just gonna hunt just gonna hike and glass and eat snacks and hunt and yeah yeah it's uh kind of yeah i'm not gonna say it's not gonna be hard because i mean yeah you got to fight, you know, fog and all that stuff that you just said. So, yeah, I think it's just going to be another adventure. I'm excited for kind of the unknown. Haven't been to this territory yet. So, um, yeah, what 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 we're going to find if we find anything. So, yeah. You're taking your 6.5. Yes, taking my 6.5 Creedmoor, which I'm um, shooting great. Um, got all giddy Friday when I went to the range. So feel all warm and fuzzy. Bringing up two boxes of shells. Um, that's just in case something happens in the airline. I don't want to be scrambling around yeah. town looking for some sort of ammo and then probably shoot again, uh, after we fly in at the strip there. And then, uh, yeah. Any, uh, so last year before we went up on the caribou hunt for archery, like there were specific shots that we were kind of training for, like you draw, kneel, stand again, and then shoot. Are you doing anything for like your shot prep? the rifle it's this different. last friday when i went out i was doing a little bit of on on the prone i i had the whole range to myself it was it was great Ooh, Nobody was a, yeah it was great um so i would shoot on the bench after i made a little bit of adjustments because i just put my brake back on um i felt like i wanted it on there for whatever reason to hurt my ears but we got hearing protection for that so um but i uh was doing a little bit of prone shooting out out to distance, you know, three four hundred yards, and it was that's that's about it. Um, just shooting off the bipod there, and yeah, just getting just figured I had the whole range of myself. Why not? Why not get prone and, and enjoy this? So mm-hmm. it was good. Yeah. What do you got for a scope? I have the uh, Barry X three Leopold. Right. So. But then your spotter is a Swaro, right? Yep. Yep. Nice. Um, yeah, that was just based off of weight. I, that's a light scope. I think it's like 16 ounces or something like that. Okay. It's got the little CDS turret in it. So there's hardly any guesswork. If the rangefinder says 400, I just dial my little scope to four. And, nice. Yeah. And what are you shooting? Uh, 143 ELDX 65 Creedmoor. So, the oh, precision the, hunters? Yep, yep. Yeah. Nice. So. Yeah, I like those. Um, also, the the whitetail ones are, are pretty good. The, I think it's just Hornady. I, I, yeah. Paying more attention to that stuff, I think Hornady is the one that's, you know, a lot of people talk about it being pretty good. I mean, it's obviously up to me also, but uh, I like those. Um, what about uh, other gear? Anything else going to get broken in up there? Mm, nothing new. Uh, not that I can recall anyway. No, I just I just got my kit, and it's and it's for what I do and how I hunt. It's just it's just dialed. I. I Got some new gloves. I mean, but it's nothing new from what I have. It's just renewing stuff that I've worn out. Uh, Kuyu, they make a really sweet pair of uh, gloves called the Attack Gloves. And this just like 
having an extra leather skin on your hand and mm. they're just grab on the devil's club and anything and i mean they're not insulated they're just strictly for like beating brush and mm-hmm. hanging on to stuff so um but i've got virtually nothing new um my stove's the same spotter's the same so kill kits the same just more game bags this time so yeah um it'll be i've used the pants we got the new stone glacier m7s with the insulation in it Oh, yeah. So just like a little bit of uh, a fleece in there, which is fleece line, which would be pretty sweet. Used them on one hunt, one of those cold, uh, rainy hunts. But they were too way much. too hot for down yeah. here. So yeah. we had to unzip. But I'm thinking that'll be a good place for them to potentially shine up there. And I got a new pair of mm-hmm. um, gators. Is that like That's, a rain pant or is that like a soft shell? Or? It's a rain pant. Um, zip all the way down the side. So... Um, I'm hoping they can go work. through the brush. It seems like they were doing pretty well in that buck brush up on the mountains That's where you kind of have to push through a little bit and it wasn't like, it would kind of get snagged a little bit, but then you look for a scuffer or tear and didn't see anything. So if it can handle that stuff, hopefully up there, um, should be good to go. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I had these old Sitka gators that, Granted, if you're looking at gators, like, between sizes are kind of important because if your calf doesn't fit it just right, then you know there's not a, always a lot of, of give in those as far as cinching it down. So they just had a little elastic thing with the little plastic dealie you cinch it down on there, but it just come loose. Like it was just so cheap and horrible. And so, yeah, I don't like those, but uh, hopefully the Stone Glacier ones will be pretty good. Yeah. Uh, um, Abby, you're running the same... Upgraded the sleeping bag. Yeah, I've got a new sleeping bag. What degree? I think 15 degrees. Yeah, but my old one was like 35. It was so Ooh, cold. It August. was horrible. <laughs> That's August <Yeah>. bag. <laughs> it was like half of one season. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would just like always wear my puppies inside. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, new sleeping bag. I think that's kind of it. Your base layer, you're going to take the uh, Alpine Fit? base layer oh yeah probably i think it's really nice it's super yeah. warm and it doesn't smell yeah we'll see if it doesn't smell for seven days yeah. is that the camo shirt you guys took a photo of with your no it's um it's like a wool shirt that's made by a company up in anchorage okay, yeah. um and it's i don't know they're pricey but they're super sweet like yeah. i wore one i think for like four days straight for work over on prince of wales and like if it felt clean on day four, like it was. Did you give it the sniff check. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah, and oh, I mean, good. there's like silver threads in it or something because silver is antimicrobial. Wild. So yeah, it's, it's like it's it's pretty high. Do you have it's, some? Yeah, I, I got uh, I got a long sleeve when I was up there. We actually both got them, and I mean they're they're super comfort super comfortable, um, and they fit in such a way like she has some of those middle sizes too. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, you know based on you know you can be. Six two, or you can have you know, weigh one hundred and eighty five, hundred ninety, two hundred pounds, but you can have different body types. You can yeah. be tall or, or thin, short and fat, uh, short fats yeah. or whatever. Um, so they kind of keep that in mind. So they have some some fit nice. some fits, but not so many fits that you just have go cross you know, or whatever. Yeah, you go crazy. Yeah. Um, but it's it it fits well enough where you can use it as your base layer, but you could also put something underneath it if you wanted to. Nice. So it's in that perfect little middle. Um, some of those base layers are super, super tight. Other ones are like a little bit looser, but, um, yeah, super comfortable. And then I've worn, you get, you're, you're pretty warm when you get up there from sweating. And then as soon as the wind hits you, sometimes you get cold, like in the other ones on twin day for uh, Abby's goat that we were both wearing. That was the outdoor research camo (laughs) thing. Um, super thin. So like, it's nice. It, uh, attracts the heat because in the sun because uh, it's a dark color mm-hmm. but then as soon as the wind starts to blow you get cold like immediately so, so you hate the shirt but you wear it all the time i love the shirt <laughs> i love the shirt do you think that because you're hiking up in said shirt you are getting sweaty and then when the wind hits you it's just from being a little damp yeah 100 percent. oh yeah okay yeah so that's so it's not the shirt it's just no it's not the shirt okay. and it's it's the design of the shirt like it's meant to kind of do that it's almost like a sun shirt so if you yeah. You know, any any piece of gear, if you wear it in the wrong application, it's not going to be successful. Okay. So the thing I like, really like about that Alpine uh, Fit shirt is that you sweat in it, but then 
if you have to sit down and take a snack or something like that, it's going to insulate enough and it's going to protect the wind, uh, protect from the wind a little bit. Nice. Um, so oh, you can nice. hike up in it. You don't need anything else on over. And then uh, you could say, so yeah, big fan, big cool. fan of those. So um, you might bring that one up. But I also have a merino wool thing. I'm going to bring one pair of change. Is that in your airstrip bag? Or or is that just that you're hiking with? I don't know. Are you going to keep it uh, there? Are you going to keep it with you? I, I, I mean, I, I'm assuming I should keep it with me just because if you get wet out there, then you're going to be miserable until we go back. So, but I'm going to try to keep it as light as possible. I think I'm just bringing the one shirt. If it gets wet, I'll just go with just fleece. Yeah, I've got, uh, I've got three pairs of socks and that's with me wearing one. So I got two extras, okay. which is probably standard. Um, and then I've got, let's see here, I've got two shirts, one one that I'll be wearing, and then i got a long sleeve, um, which I might just just take one. I mean, cross that bridge when I get there, because i got another long sleeve type base layer pullover, and then I've got my soft, sh- my uh, fleece uh, sweater, windproof fleece that's pretty, pretty nice, and then I've got my rain gear and then my puffy, so I might leave my shirt, my extra shirt at home. Mm. But in my airstrip bag, I threw just some clean clothes in there, so that way when we're done, done, just changing some extra clothes, which, I mean, still not going to have a shower, so it really mm-hmm. doesn't make a difference. <laughs> I mean, you can only do so much with a baby wipe, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think I'm on the fence on bringing another shirt, so. Yeah, with pants, I got those M7s, so they're a rain pant, but because they have their fleece lined, mm-hmm. like, you can just rock them as the pant. So it does potentially take away the need for a separate rain pant, Oof. or if you have a regular pant and you put that on, it just might be too much. So I think you can go long underwear with that as your pant, because you can zip down the sides to vent. So are you not bringing rain gear? Well, those that are is those rain are gear. rain pants. Oh, they are. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I like I, I know what I'm talking about. But yeah, the M7 is their rain gear. It's insulated. So the insulated oh, okay. rain rain pants. Mm-hmm. So doesn't really feel like rain pants. Mm. Well it's because they're insulated. But they are waterproof. We've worn they them. They are waterproof. Yeah, yeah. And they're they're great. Um but yeah, I'm used to like just that thin Gore-Tex, light, packable, whatever stuff you just put over stuff. So to have a pant that works as like you wouldn't need anything else. Like that would be the, your waterproof pant is kind of a, I don't know if I, I think I trust it. Like it was yeah. stinking raining like crazy and uh, we were dry unless we were hiking too much. But so I can't decide if I want to go pants plus those or if I want to just go long underwear underneath and just vent when I need to. But yeah, a couple of pairs of socks and then probably two fleece tops and then uh at the long sleeve. Should be uh, good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the kit's just the clothing kit is just dialed. I just can't see myself changing anything there. No. So. Yeah, I, I haven't used puffies this year yet. So you bring in puffies? Oh, yeah, I bring puffies every time. Really? Yep. Yep. I at least bring my top. Um yeah. That's just something that it's 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 down. It's a uh, waterproof down. So mm. get away from my tent or something happens. It's yeah. I can throw it on and I can at least be warm and I can survive a night if I ever get in somewhere. Yeah. In some trouble. So. But yeah, Abby I'm, usually brings her puffy. Yeah. The, yeah. The whole kit I think for the pants and the and the jacket is under two pounds. So and they pack down to nothing. Mm-hmm. But. I mean, I'm not going to hike in them, and, yeah, they're just for cutting the wind and being insulated, so. Yeah. Yeah. I got the Kuyu. They're camo, so they're tactical. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Full zip, so you don't even have to take off your boots. You can just, yeah. so if we stop in glass, just zip them on and zip them off, so. You've had this for a couple of years now. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Well, it's one of those things that's like, I'm not going to hike around with the pants because the first, first time you catch a brush or. Or catch a yeah. twig or something, their feathers are gonna go everywhere. Yeah. So, or if yeah. you're like my buddy, my, my good buddy Jake, and you hit it on the red fiery stove, and feathers just go everywhere in oh. the tent, it is the most funny. Yeah, one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Yeah. Did you piece all that stuff together? Or did you buy it once? 
I can't remember. I've had it for so long. I think I got the jacket first, and then for whatever reason, I talked myself into that I just needed the pants, and so that was just probably a couple months after, yeah. from what I remember. Because you're full Kuyu everything. Yeah. Yeah, all of it. Yeah, yeah, I like their gear. It's a good price. It's a, it's um. You can get it in camo. You can get it in solid. So mm -hmm. I feel like they got a little bit of variety for everything. Their attack pants are awesome. A little warm for August, um, but September, October, November. Just good pants. Got the side vents in there. Yeah. Yeah, the side vent with the mesh. That's yes. one thing about the Stone Glacier ones. They got the side vents, which are great, but no mesh. Um, two weekends ago, I went up with my old Sitka pants, which I really like because they had the reinforced knee mm -hmm. and the reinforced butt. So love them for that. But no vent. And, man, I was so stinking hot when we were hiking up. Yeah. It was brutal. My uh, Stone Glacier ones had torn, and I had them at leak, and she was uh, repairing them, which I just I love those pants. Like, I... I'm just getting them repaired. Or it was like 15 bucks or something like that. So they're ready to go. So I might take them on the trip. But Sweet. Um, yeah, so we'll. Should be fun. But uh, there's another question I was going to ask. It had to be. I think it was a bad gear. Uh, what are the odds you think we see any moose? <laughs> <laughs> uh, a spike would be awesome. I don't think we can pass up a spike on the first Absol first legal day of shooting. Ooh, I don't know about first day. This is a caribou hunt, man. We can't be. Yeah, but if there's a spike on the strip, that's 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 meat. That's meat at the at the airstrip that we just. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I've never packed out a moose yet, and I don't want to seem like it's going to be an easy task because yeah. it's a big animal. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Casey um, from up in Huna, they shot. Uh, they shot a spike moose that was a spike moose. Like yeah. it was a, it looked like a black-tailed deer oh. spike that was that was Tender. put on there. Obviously, it was, you know, a, a moose spike at that of that size is way bigger than a. But as far as like frame of reference, you look at a small black-tailed deer and what a small spike looks like. It was like that, but on a moose, and it was. Uh, I was like, that's the one. That's the dream. That's the dream. That's I mean, perfect. a four brow tine would be really really sweet, but when you're on a fly out and there's just a lot of other stuff and it, there's a lot that needs to happen and go on, it's just a whole big deal, especially when you want to get the, so I, I hope we don't see a moose until after the caribou's down, caribou down first and we can figure some stuff out, but we can see all the three brow tines, two brow tines we want, but that'd be fine. Cause it's, yeah. it's out of our hands. Yeah. You know, that's why, that's why I like, uh, I'm not ready to, call a 50 or a 49 inch absolutely no no yeah, zero chance so, of that. Far, so far above my level of expertise yeah. i mean it's just yeah yeah take I'll, a picture of it post it and have everybody say what is like uh, i don't know man a bunch of internet trolls yeah, yeah i'll just gladly <laughs> measure for me i'll go I was, a biologist or something someone who knows what they're talking about i was listening to the alaska wild project podcast today and one of the guys went hunting with a buddy and they went to register their ram. And the lady there said that a quarter of the rams that were taken last year, I don't know if it was last year or this year, but like a quarter, maybe a little less, were sublegal. So at a time when people are saying that, uh, you know, the, ram, the, the doll sheep populations are low and then we've had two really, really bad winters, the fact that that high of a percentage of people are still shooting sub-legals and like some of them were even with guides like wow. that's just i mean that it, makes me not want to sheep hunt yeah no it's, <laughs> it's so terrible nerve-wracking so there's terrible. a lot on the line when you yeah. are sheep hunting whether it's a legal an animal or not and that's, that's yeah. one of the big turnoffs for me it's like uh, i don't want to make a mistake it's yeah. Be, yeah. it'd be nice to go with somebody that could verify that way i've got somebody to blame when it's not <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> I'm, i say That's that jokingly the I, I don't know what happens if if your guide says yeah we're good to go shoot that thing and then it's not like do you get a like is the guide gonna foot part of the bill or is the guide say i'm fairly sure but you have to make the call like how, how do you how do you charge that much money for the experience and then give them the okay i mean i guess at that point you paid what 30 grand for the hunt what's another five grand fine yeah and probably what's the i mean if you have that much money and you can't hunt in alaska for five years or 10 years or well you know, get your license taken away and what the fine is i don't, I don't know it's 
Yeah, getting the whole, well, got plenty of money, we'll just charge the old visa. It's just a fine. We'll go off to another state. We'll that's, get more miles. That's, we'll get miles. that's not a very good outdoorsman. Yeah. No, horrible. Yeah. No. Horrible. But I, yeah. I feel like as a guide, I mean, that's your livelihood, right? Yeah. You should be 100% sure that yeah. your client is taking a legal yeah. animal. Yeah. Even if they're trying to leverage or even if the, you you feel that there's that pressure, like, yeah, that should be on every hunt that you want to get your person there, but you have to bring them back safe, and you have to make sure that the rules are followed. Usually, yeah. if it's that close, everybody says, walk away. That, don't yeah, don't force yourself into making a stupid decision, yeah. because because you're on the fence of, he may or may not be legal. I'm yeah. just glad we're not... I mean, if we see, I have a sheep tag in my pocket for this over yeah. the counter, but it's, it's, <laughs> I, yeah, mean, I, was, I was printing I, out everything, printed out moose, printed out sheep. Oh yeah. Just the <laughs> excitement. I, but I am looking for that obvious double broomed or the oh. flared out past it. Yeah. The double broomed would be so awesome. Just, okay. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. Good both ways. Uh, but uh, obviously the flared out would be sweet too, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's uh yeah, it'd be fun to be up there. It's nice that, um. Like down here, we have a lot of opportunities. We've got, you know, great deer hunting, great uh, black bear hunting, great mountain goat hunting. But uh, just to be up in the interior, just a whole different experience and uh, fun to be able to do that. And it's it's a chore to get up there, though. It is a chore it's for us. Living southeast here. But, but I feel like it's, I personally, I'm more, I want to go hunt all the animals in my state before I like go down, shoot a mule deer, mm-hmm. shoot a elk somewhere else. Cause there's a lot that we can hunt here. Yeah. We can hunt a lot of months out of the entire year here for yeah. just whatever, whether it be grouse, birds, bear, deer, yeah, um, goat. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I, I feel like I got to go up there and I have to yeah, yeah. do those. But on the flip side, when I left Wyoming, I was like, I'm, I'm never going to hunt here again because, yeah. you know, out of state, whatever. But then I started, like, calculating, okay, what does a, a hunt in Alaska cost if yeah. it's not in Ketchikan? Oh, don't do that. And it was like, well, actually, <laughs> yeah. those, those hunts out in Wyoming, actually, we could do, like, four for the Cheaper. price of one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, uh, there is something really nice about when you're hunting down, and we'll say Wyoming, and um, it's cold at night. But then during the day, it warms up enough, so you just have that fluctuation of temperature. So it can be sunny and nice. And then when you're walking up these hills that there's no brush, there's like some brush, but you can get through it. And then in some areas, the lines between, in your topographical map, are 25 rather than 100. Yeah. It's like, oh, geez, there's a lot of lines, man. This is going to be so steep. And think, oh, these are 25. These aren't 100. We got this, no no sweat. This yeah. is going to be easy. So it is nice to, and there's some really, really rugged territory too. But, um, yeah, it is it is nice to, to be down there and you know, just different experience and uh, be a lot of a lot of people. And, but it's, you know. it, everything is so accessible down there. Yeah. Like I just, I actually had a friend, and she's doing her master's right now, and she just like went for a hike, the mountain range there. And she was like posting all these pictures of elk just like out oh, by the cool. trail, <laughs> nice. by the road. And I was like, it's archery season. People can be <laughs> shooting these animals. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Never happened when I was there, but. No, we had some fun down there. It's a cool experience. And it, there are some similarities when you're up there in the expanse. And we talked about it a little bit when we're up on the hall road that there's just, it's just flat, like nothing. And I got kind of a Wyoming vibe because some of the, the tussocks up there mm-hmm. kind of look like some sage. Um, but just that flatness, that forever flatness, and um, even the rolling hills, the barren, barren rolling hills, just as you're starting to come uh, come south from from Dead Horse, you start to get some of that, and it feels kind of like a kind of that Wyomingy. We're hunting pronghorn, but you can get across those small little hills a lot faster down south than you can up here with all the tussocks and whatnot. So um, just that expanse, it'll be cool to see the expanse. Yeah, the tussocks, man, those were humbling. I hope we don't run into any of those here. Yeah, I, I can't imagine if someone has not experienced muskeg how horrible that would be. Because at least with muskeg, you're you understand there are certain areas where you can really step and you understand the the wetness of it, the sogginess of it, and the sinking sinking of it. Um, but yeah, the you can't you can't figure if you want to step on top, if you want to step on the side, and then you know just ankle breaking city. But yeah, this train will be tougher to to cover real ground real quick but i think we'll be in an area that's not going to be 
as bad as it was up there. Yep. yep. So. Yeah, it's taken us roughly a day and a half to get out to the field. And then we can't even hunt that first day. we got to wait till 3 in the morning, according mm. to the regs, because you yeah. can't hunt the same day you fly in. Yeah. So a day and a half, and we're still in the same state from where we live. Yeah. That's it's wild. It's pretty impressive, yeah. Yeah. So. But uh, but cool. Very cool. Adventure. Uh, yeah. Excitement. Mm. Unknown. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's going to be good. So, yeah, it's cool to see, uh, or you read about other people and all the stuff that they've done. It kind of motivates you, but then there's so many different people who've done it so many different ways. Like it's not, you're either Frank Glasser or you're not, you know, there's a lot of people who just go out and just enjoy it. The, the people who don't even have like a social media thing who just do it for their food. Yeah. You know, and it's just, there's all different kinds of hunters, which I think is why obviously Alaska hunters can be very combative and very territorial and, you know, every bit as classless as, as anybody, but the amount of people who are very helpful and they get it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they're up in Fairbanks and, you know, we're friends or a friend of a friend and, uh, like the whole friendship with Harrison and Steve just came, came from just talking about hunting. What are the opportunities? And you develop that trust and, you know, people are excited for you to be able to go and experience something different, you know, and Steve came down here to hunt. Hopefully Harrison comes down here to do some, some, um, mountain goat hunting and deer hunting. So it's, it's really cool to see not that desperate struggle for keeping things totally secret. And people are really good. Like we haven't mentioned at all where we're going to super ambiguous and we're not going to. So it's not like you just share everything about everywhere you want to go, but talking to people and they're being helpful in the right ways rather than showing he's just exact to everybody and giving the impression that everybody shows everybody everything so it's nice to um, no matter what your background people are supportive of it and and friendly and it's cool to see some of those hunters because that's not the case everywhere and even in certain areas in alaska you don't get that sort of cooperation and, and helpfulness yeah yeah for sure yeah it's been uh it's, it's been great the um support from from the fairbanks friends that 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 we've gotten for this and all the help and um, pointers and stuff like that so it's just been it's been pretty cool um yeah totally appreciative of that and uh yeah looking forward for when they come down and do a hunt yeah and part of the realization too is that you can give people some basic tips but that doesn't mean you're guaranteeing success. Like you still got to do it. Oh yeah. You know, and it's still a lot of hard hard work yeah. involved. Yeah. So it's yeah, it'll be cool. But well, any uh, closing thoughts before we uh, wrap up our our preview? Abby, take the pressure off of me. I'm excited. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just excited to get out there. Yeah. Likewise. Uh, a lot of excitement uh this has been in the works for quite a while uh happy you guys are coming along yeah and uh yeah looking forward to it looking forward to uh chasing some caribou yeah it's gonna go so fast yeah i've got no words of wisdom though that's, that's <laughs> it it's just exciting just hopefully we have a nice recap i'm sure it's gonna be a at least a great travel recap hopefully it's a good hunt recap too yeah, but, yeah. Um, all right thanks for listening as always and we'll uh recap this shortly.